Hip Trapaholics. We make it look easy. Walk with your boys. Welcome back to Talk is for Chinooks with Jake Harden. Um, that was some Trapaholics. Real trap shit. Walk with your boys. From uh, McLovin there. <laughs> um, anyway, welcome back to Talk is for Schnooks. This is your endearing host, Jake Harden. Uh, this is episode 7. We're uh, moving right, right along. Moving right down the tracks towards that road of perdition. Hopefully I'm not... Uh, hopefully I'm not sending you that way, but... Uh, hopefully you learn something and grow a new experience each time. But remember... Um, Keep yourself alive. Don't try to get better every day. Remember that uh, song we listened to that one time? But anyway, let's get into some current events. Um, so Cartoon Network came out the other day, and uh, it was talking about how um, they were trying to uh, show kids what pronouns they should use if they were transgender, showing kids that you should respect other people's preferred pronouns. Um Oh my gosh, uh, I saw some tweets on there and I was like, why are people getting upset about this? Um, why can't you just allow people to have their preferred pronouns? Like, it doesn't even matter. It's like, no, that's something you should care about. The fundamental nature, the most fundamental part of being a human being is your um, your gender and your biological sex. That's something to worry about, especially if a certain ideology is being um, is being presented to children. That is definitely something to worry about um, and to point out that it isn't true. Uh, what else happened? Tulsi Gabbard, uh, has introduced a lot of bills lately. She's been, she's been on fire. She has been on fire. She's been really busy. She introduced, uh, a bill in the house to, uh, protect babies after they survive abortions. Uh, and she presented a bill to, uh, help election integrity, I believe. And she also presented a bill to, uh, stop, abortions when uh babies can feel pain and she's done more than a lot of the republicans have done the last couple of months in that regard um and just a little background on the pain capable bill that's been tried in congress before and it's failed a lot of times but you just got to keep on trying um you most of the research shows that babies feel uh, pain at 20 weeks and uh in a lot of cases um abortion is uh, legal after that uh doe v bolton after Roe v. Wade legalized abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, if uh, a woman is uh, facing concerns about her health or uh, mental health, um, and that that pretty much just legalizes all uh, all third trimester abortions because you can just make up an excuse and like if I have this baby, it's going to hurt my mental health, and then it's okay. Then you can you can do it. All you have to have is an excuse, and you can pretty much get an abortion. And Snopes can fact check me on that if they want to, but it's true. And um, this kind of goes back to a lot of people have, the defense has usually been um, that babies can't feel pain during an abortion. And a lot is like sort of trying to invalidate a bill needed to be passed like that. Um, but that's um, the same argument that uh, people have used in the past against uh, people of color and uh doing experiments on black women in the 1800s enslaved black women um j marion sims was a gynecologist he's supposed to be the father father of modern modern gynecology and um a lot of times uh some people have posited that like 
people of color can't feel as much pain before I remember learning about that in my race and ethnicity class. There are some good things I learned in that class. Not very much, but it was the idea that, like, uh, somehow people of color didn't experience pain to the same full extent that white people did, which is terrible, and uh, just justified doing awful atrocities to um, enslaved black women. And uh, that's the same argument. It's like, well, babies can't feel pain, so we can do whatever we want to them. It's like, no, they do, and uh, people of color do as well, so we should uh, prevent atrocities from being happening to uh, both of those groups. Um, but anyway, uh, and the 20 weeks thing was from the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Uh, babies can feel pain at 20 weeks, and sometimes even before that. And... Uh, there are abortions that happen at 22 weeks, 23 weeks, 24 weeks, um, and beyond. Uh, so if you can imagine having your arms and legs ripped apart and having a scalpel enter into your brain and uh, uh, scrape out your brain matter, and you can imagine how bad that would hurt, then maybe you should rethink your position on abortion. And uh, I heard saw people in the comment section on Twitter, and it was like this is terrible, it's going to put women in a bad situation, they uh, might come up with a uh, a medical condition where they have to terminate the pregnancy, and it's like, no, you don't have, to. There's that's not true, um, Dr. Leventino, he was a former abortionist, and other uh, former abortion doctors have said that, like, uh, it's never medically necessary to uh, have an abortion to save a woman's life, uh, in those cases, a C-section is used. So that doesn't work, and um, yes, something may come up during the pregnancy, like a woman may lose her job or something, but guess what? That doesn't hurt as bad as being uh, dismembered, so there you go. Anyway, we're going to look at some, uh, we're going to take a break from the politics, and uh, so we're getting to some more fun stuff. I want to talk more about more cultural things on this podcast, and uh, sort of have more fun, like I think we need to have more fun in our lives, okay? There's been enough politics the last couple of months. Um, everything doesn't have to revolve around politics. We can have some fun, and that's what we're going to do today. So we are going to react to some Joe Pesci angry moments clips. Um, I believe, let's see, this is from Casino from... 1995, so we're going to watch some of these, and I can't remember the guy's name on YouTube that had this clip, but thank you very much, I can't see it right now, but uh, here we go. Why you take that fucking pen and shove it up your ass, fucking jag off? They're in a bar, and Vopeshi's uh, character is protecting rather than North character. Stabbing a guy with a pen. beating the crap out of this guy that insulted his friend. Okay, you hear, you hear a little girl, Frankie? You hear a little girl, Ace? Is that a little fucking girl? What happened to the fucking tough guy told my friend sticking up his fucking ass? Huh? What's that? Huh? What's that? There's no- so in the previous scene, uh, Frank Rosenthal, Ace Rosenthal, uh, Robert Nero's character, he's supposed to be the casino manager, and then uh, the mobster, uh, Nicky Santoro, he, they were both in a bar, and then uh, 
Robert De Niro's character asked this other guy at the bar if he was missing his pin because there was a pin laying next to him. And then the guy whose uh, pin it was, he was like, he was talking to this girl and he was annoyed at him. So he said, take this pin and shove it up your ass. And then uh, Joe Pesci's character, Nicky, he didn't want that guy to talk to his friend like that. So then he goes over, takes the pin and stabs the guy in the neck like 20 times with it and then kicks the crap out of him on the ground. It was crazy. And then after that, there's a funny, it can be funny, however you interpret it. But it uh, has Robert De Niro narrating. It's like, uh, you didn't fight Nikki like you normally would somebody else. If you came at him with fists, he'd come out back with a bat. If you came with a bat, he'd come back with a gun. And if you came uh, back with a gun, then you better kill him because he would keep punching at you and punching at you and punching at you to till either one of you was dead. There's a funny uh, like meme of this, and it was like, if uh, Nikki came at, at you with a fist, then he can. If you came at Nikki with fist, then he came at you with a bat. If you came at him with a bat, then he came back with a gun. If you came at him with a gun, then he came back with a shine box. And that's a uh, allusion to uh, Goodfellas. Whenever uh, Joe Pesci's character, uh, um, what's his name in that movie? I can't remember. Joe Pesci's character is uh sitting at the bar and uh billy bats is tells him to go get his shine box so it's a reference to that that's pretty funny and then in this part of what we're watching he is talking to his wife and she has like uh diamonds in her uh hair and that's how they used to smuggle them um through the airport you sure i'm positive uh, he's talking to her uh, bookie Maybe if I stick your fucking face through uh, this window over here, like, you know, you'll, you'll get unconfused. Give me the fucking money. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean anything Yeah, I know. That's why you had it ready. You thought I was fucking laying it? Fucking head. Fucking head, huh? Smart enough. Fuck around, Tony. <laughs> Don't fuck with me, Al. Don't make a fuck out of me. You want to embarrass me? Make a fool out of me? You didn't gamble? Tell me you gambled the fucking money. I'll give you the fucking money to put the fucking heat on. Did you gamble? Huh? Fucking degenerate, you. Fucking kids at home. Here, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, thanks. Let me find out you fucked up. I'll leave you wherever I find you. Fuck, you believe this? Two fucking days and nights. Fuck me. Fuck me, you motherfucker. Fuck my mother. That's what you fucking tell me. Motherfucker, you, huh? Oh, God. That's what I told the substitute teacher my name was. Hopefully, you'll be coming out of your coma. And guess what? I'll split your fucking head open again. Because I'm fucking stupid. I don't give a fuck about jail. That's my business. That's what I do. And we know what you do, don't we, Charlie? You fuck people out of money and get away with it. You can't fuck people like Hey, that. you fat Irish prick. You put my fucking money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your fucking brain to sleep. Sam. Never mind, fucking Sam. This is personal. I'll be there in the morning. You can fucking try me, fatso. Where the fuck you get off talking to people about me behind my back going over my head? What people? What people would you think I wasn't going to find out? You said I'm bringing heat on you? 
I gotta listen to people because of your fucking shit? You're ordering me out? You better get your own fucking army, pal. I don't know whether you know this or not, but you only have your fucking casino because I made that possible. I'm what counts out here. Not your fucking country clubs. Don't you miss uh, people TV dealing with their problems like this instead of whining to each other on, on Twitter? Anyhow. You know, I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went bad shit. I asked you. When the fuck the did I ever ask friends. you if I could come out here? Get this through your head, you, you. Never... Get this through your head, you Jew motherfucker, you. You only exist out here because of me. That's the only That's reason. Without me, God talking you, to Moses in personally, the desert. every fucking wise guy still around, I'll take a piece of your fucking Jew ass. Then where are you gonna go? Your fucking warrant don't ever go over my fucking head again, you motherfucker, you. Yeah, give yourself a hand right across your... All right, that's probably enough of that for now. Uh, Joe Pesci's a wild man. Wild man wouldn't want to get in his way. Uh, but, yeah, that's from a YouTube comment. Uh, whatever he's yelling at, he's like, You Jew mother you, you Jew mother you. They were saying, like, that's how uh, God was talking to Moses through the burning bush. <laughs> but anyway, um... Yeah, I think uh, I think our world would be maybe a little better if people still dealt with their problems like this instead of uh, just uh, subtweeting each other over emails and on Twitter. But maybe not. I don't know. But uh, anyway, Lizzo was in the news the other day. Uh, I'm changing subjects, by the way. <laughs> Lizzo was in the news because she went on a diet, and people were saying like she gave in to fat shaming or something. I thought this was ridiculous. Like, if she wants to take care of herself, then that's okay. That's okay. Like, if you want her to be a star for a long time and have longevity, then she needs to take care of herself. That's not a bad thing. But uh, another funny thing that happened is that rumor has it that uh, uh, after she uh, made her hit um, on her her song, Truth Hurts, uh, she sat on a uh, a white guy so that, uh, and he paid her to do this so that, she could teach him about uh, white privilege and how it affects people of color. And uh, when she sat on him, she told him, truth hurts. And then he responded, yeah, but not this bad. Anyhow, anyhow, uh, in Israel, uh, scientists said that uh, aliens have been in contact with uh, humans and that they want to meet with us, but uh, won't until uh, humanity evolves. They also... Um, According to Daily Mail and one of the scientists there, they run an underground Mars base in a secret pact with Washington. Uh, all right. Um, I'm going to pull up that article real quick. This is from the New York Post, and it's from a scientist called uh, Ahim Ashed. Um, and he said that, uh, he said, like, basically along the lines that Donald Trump knows that, uh, aliens exist and the aliens are afraid that he's going to uh, blurt out information about them um but they're not ready for us yet because we haven't evolved to their standards but yeah i'm pretty sure trump knows all about the aliens like yeah the aliens love me they love me talking to the galactic federation i'm their favorite human they know i'm the smartest human in all the world okay folks i go and talk to them all the time they tell me i'm the best i'm the greatest okay the best ambassador to aliens i've ever seen okay and that's what everybody says all right but, uh, anyway, they, uh, this guy says that, um, Trump was on the verge of revealing aliens' existence, but the aliens in the Galactic Federation are saying, wait, 
let people calm down first. Eshed, who helmed Israel's space security program from 1981 to 2010, reportedly said, They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understanding. So this guy's getting up there in age. He's 87 years old. They said the Jewish press uh, from the New York Post, it says, quote, the Jewish press speculating that Eshed, 87, may have gone to insanity and beyond goes on to unspool his tangled web, which claims the involvement of President Trump in interplanetary diplomacy. So that's a little bit out there, but I figured with all the other uh, evidence coming up of late with uh, different UFO sightings and... um, that one uh, article in the New York Times over the summer about how the Pentagon confirmed that they had seen uh, off-world vehicles. I thought this is a good topic to kind of delve into. So um, it made me think about this, and I, if it's true, how does it mesh with Christianity slash belief in God? Uh, I think that you can believe in aliens and still believe in God. Um... It doesn't address that specifically in the Bible, although there are plenty of stories that some say might be alien stories, like the wheel within a wheel story in the book of uh, Ezekiel, or maybe like uh, God uh, talking to extraterrestrials in Genesis when he said, uh, let us make man in our image. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I do think that there is room room for it, though. Uh for our non-believer audience, of course, that hold no bearing on whether aliens exist or not, but bear with me, bear with me, folks, okay? Uh, I think you can learn something from this as well. Uh, I think God and Christianity could still be valid, and uh, those two things can kind of coexist together. Um, I think that it could still be valid with aliens existing and kind of sharing in our uh, act of being on this plane of existence. Um and maybe God gave us just enough information for the salvation of our souls and doesn't really care uh, whether um, we really know about whether aliens exist or not. He doesn't care if we come into contact with them either. Um, C.S. Lewis was open to the idea of other beings uh, sharing the universe with us. Uh, he even wrote a space trilogy. Uh, one of those was titled Out of the Silent Planet. Um, that's from the Religion News Service. Uh, he also talked about how human beings should, uh, evangelize aliens if we discover them. He said, quote, redemption starting with us is to work from us and through us. Those who are or can become his sons are our real brothers, even if they have shells or tusks. Excuse me. It is spiritual, not biological kinship that counts, unquote. And he said that, uh, if the aliens... And he said this in reference to, like, the aliens, that they had, like, certain criteria, like, if they were rational beings that could understand, like, God and be able, we could communicate with them or whatever, and had the capacity to be spiritual. Uh, But that's kind of a weird thought, isn't it? It's like, the first thing you do when you arrive on another planet is like, hello, would you like to hear about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Ring the doorbell (laughs) with a Bible in hand and a uh, backpack on your back. But uh, Lewis also brought up another point. And I, it's kind of how we think of ourselves. Like, it, do we really think of ourselves as especially unique and alone within the vast universe that God created? Like, usually this is an argument for atheism. But uh, I guess, do you really do you really think that the Earth is uh, special? Uh, Lewis would respond that whoever said we are uh, 
significant because our planet, uh, because our place in the universe or our size in the universe, a lot of times people will point out like, uh, the earth is so small and you think that uh, we have a special place in the universe. It's not all about us. And it's like, well, whoever said that the uh, size of our planet made the difference? Um, what makes us special is uh, who loves us, not how uh, big we are. Uh, that being said, I was listening to Tim Cast the other day. That's uh, Tim Pool's podcast. Um, he had Michael Malice and Alex Jones on. It was a ravishing good time. Um, and I, but I wanted to point out something that was said. Uh, I think it was like halfway through or something like that, maybe towards the end. They were talking about how unlikely it is that Earth exists, and Tim kept saying that you shouldn't take that to a religious place because, like, his example was like a puddle fits perfectly in whatever hole it is. And it's saying, hey, this place was made just for me. Because, um, like, uh, like a puddle, it might think, like, wow, I couldn't exist anywhere else. The example is, like, wow, I couldn't exist anywhere else. Um, but I'm able to fit into, perfectly fit into this spot that was created just for me. Or is it the fact that water conforms to whatever container it's in? But I think you get the point. Um with all due respect, I think that uh, the capacity of water to conform to whatever space it fills is uh, not necessarily the same thing as the rare occurrence that life on Earth exists. I think I think those two things are pretty different, and that example doesn't really fit. Uh, or the fact that Earth is habitable is is uh, unlikely to be habitable to begin with at all. Like it's not likely that another planet like Earth would exist, or that that. Uh, from the starting point of non-existence that earth would come to exist at all it's highly unlikely that we would be here um according to a study at the university of southampton uh they like ran a study where they ran like a, a simulation with like a hundred thousand planets and how with similar atmospheres to earth and how they could sustain life over a couple billion years and out of the 100,000 planets, there were nine that were successful at least once. So they were successful at least once out of the um, several billion years they were running the uh, simulation. And uh, then out of those 9%, about 8,000 were successful fewer than 50 times out of 100. And about 4,500 were successful fewer than 10 times out of 100. So not very good odds there um and this is over several billion years like i said and the odds of life occurring on earth by chance are pretty slim as well although maybe not as small as people think uh, i read an article by david deemer that talked about how most of the time the odds are calculated only using dna but uh, if you use ribosomes and rna then the odds get significantly better for like something to occur out of chance, but I don't think it's it's still not very good. Um, I'm not a biologist, okay, folks. Um, I'm not a biologist, okay, folks. Okay, gang. Anyway, I come away with a different conclusion than Tim Pool and Michael Malice because they were the ones arguing with that. It's like just because uh, it's unlikely that we exist doesn't mean we have a special place. Maybe we just found our perfect little uh, habitat here, um, but it's still unlikely though. I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, just by chance um, instead of the phenomena of like water conforming to any container is placed in I think a more fitting analogy might be is uh, the weighted die so if I rolled snake eyes 20 times in a row and like in Yahtzee or some game like that then you probably wouldn't think it's just chance like odds are 
I'm cheating, and you likely wouldn't say, oh, well, I guess this is like a puddle situation. This must be his perfect little niche in this timeline. Like, no, you would think that this was by design, not chance. Um, that's an al- that's a, a spinoff of an analogy from Trent Horn, by the way. Anyway, I think that with these odds being known, however, it casts doubt on whether there actually is life on other planets. But hey, those odds may be swallowed up by the, like, the vastness and... Um, maybe near infinity of the universe, so, like, if the universe is infinite, then, of course, any of those odds would be infinite, um, any of those odds would be reduced by the size of the universe, so it could, would, it would happen an infinity number of times if the universe is actually infinite, so the odds wouldn't really matter that much, but anyway, uh, it might be swallowed up by the vastness of the universe, and I've heard some pretty compelling UFO stories from like Bob Lazar and David, uh, Commander David Fravor on Joe Rogan. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Maybe there are some aliens out there um, and they're waiting to get in contact, us, contact with us once we evolve a little bit. Um, that about does it for me. Uh, I think maybe we'll have my brother on again next time, but... Uh, Until then, stay snarky as hell.